There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. See you guys are here because I'm with Will. Um, Will, I, I, growing up, all right, because... You know, if you it's psychologically right, if we mm. were going to talk about different things about people pleasing and anxiety and stuff like that, something growing up suggests that something maybe happened. Mm. Childhood was great; everything was good. Everything was nice. You know, I'm very lucky. Like, <clears throat> I don't have. Yeah, I, I was I was very, you know, lucky and uh, had like my family are like so far from we. we our problem, we all have that eager to please thing. Maybe it's genetic. Like yeah. there's there's very few family arguments to the point where it's annoying. Like we're falling over ourselves to like appease each other. Do you know what I mean? There's not very much friction. That's great. Which is which is which is good, but then it's also not very it doesn't prepare you for the rough and tumble of the real world. Like me and my sister, so I've got two two sisters and a brother, and um my eldest brother and sister are half, but we're like super, super close. And it's, mm. you know, but they're so, so they're quite a bit older. Um, but like, you know, me and my sister, I'm sure we used to argue and stuff when we were little kids. But mainly it's like, no, no, you do it. No, you can have it. No, you, do you know what I mean? It's all that kind that of stuff. That is the loveliest. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It, no, it, it is. And I'm very, very lucky for that. But then equally, I think, you know, I've got friends who incredibly close, loving families, but they go at it and they've always done that. And they love, and that's good. And that, has meant that they as people are able to like, they, they don't shy away from confrontation. Not not in a bad way, as in, in a good way. You know, they can handle those like, conversations, those difficult conversations or <clears throat> whatever. Whereas I come from a long line of people who just ignore problems and 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 just be like, hey, it's fine. You're I know, right. but it's not good because then it sort of, you know, bottles up inside and mm. it's not a good thing. And then also sometimes you don't understand your emotions as well. I think that's what happened to me. I I, I, I did therapy and it was because just I was going through all these different things and it would made me understand my different emotions and yeah. in, in lots of different so ways. So that, was that talking therapy? Yeah, it was talking therapy. And it, it was just because I just had this anxiety that I didn't understand yeah. what it was. Yeah. And, and I just wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, try, I've tried talking therapy and it didn't, didn't do Why it Why didn't me. it work? Because the I felt like what I what I wanted. I think I'm impatient, and I, and I think that's played out in my career and the fact that I've got always had stuff going on outside of telly and like I I have to be busy and doing a million different things. And so when it comes to something like therapy, I just want to go to someone with a problem and say like and just tell me how to fix this. Mm. Like like instant <clears throat> relief. Boom. Yeah. Like I've got like I've always struggled with health anxiety. Have you? I always have in my head most of the big cancers like they're there <laughs> and 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 then and then people say stuff like well the only thing that will actually give you cancer is, is stress and worrying and it's like great so now i'm worrying about cancer so i'm obviously gonna get cancer thank you um but yeah. but like i just wanted somebody to be like here's how you stop worrying about that thing yeah. not say but what about your father mm. what did your father do when you 
It's like, he didn't tell me to worry about cancer. Um, so Yeah, and, and perhaps you're right. And perhaps sometimes what happens is, is that we we do try and dig too deep. And actually, mm. maybe it's just a more of a surface level but it, thing. But it where... does, but that's not to dismiss it. Like, it no, works sure. very well for some people. Yeah. And some people, like, I've got friends who, like, it saved them. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> they, they've, they've struggled with depression and anxiety and... Ha- going to somebody every week has saved their lives and they still see that person and all that kind of stuff. It just didn't, it didn't work for me. And I would walk out feeling like I've just talked at somebody for an hour and I've sort of made myself a bit sad. And now I'm don't, and I'm still, and I still think I've got knee cancer. I, I've got to tell the story. So I, I think I must have said it where the other day when I was lying in bed and I, and I went to bed, woke up in the morning, I had a dead leg and I was like, that's a bit, weird and yeah. i was like oh my god and throughout the day i was like my leg is just still <laughs> oh, no. dead oh, no. and i was like and it got to the evening and i was with sophie my wife and i was like still dead so and i was like did you google it google it oh god my, ms ms yeah yeah so yeah, i got the I doctor get... over and I, really? I i i, I <laughs> it was a weekend you got I, a home visit i got a home visit <laughs> did... for 600 pounds oh my god yeah. and i said i've got ms and he on and i said about eight <laughs> times to him and by then he went you don't have MS. <laughs> and I was like, well, you haven't checked for you it. You've got BS, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, he, the guy was like, he got angry at me. He was like, it's not MS. And I was yeah. like, well, you don't know. Exactly. Until and you've done the MS test. <laughs> yeah, and he said, it's a dead leg. And I was like, it's not. Anyway, two hours later, it went. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spent yeah. 600 quid. And mate. my, Sophie was just, so honestly, you talk about X. Yeah. That was yeah. a major one. Oh, yeah. And then it means, so now if ever I have anything wrong with me, I just get an eye roll from my girlfriend. <laughs> it's just a huge eye roll. Her eyes are pop, like falling out of her head. I once had a thing where <clears throat> I, uh, I was brushing my teeth before bed and I noticed these weird bruises like on my shoulders and my upper arms. And I was like, that's odd. I was like, I haven't bashed myself. Like, why have I got weird bruises? Googled unexplained bruising. You've got leukemia, mate. You've got serious, quite late stage leukemia. <clears throat> so I, li- I didn't sleep one second that night at all just like this is it I've got, finally they've got me <laughs> I knew it I knew it I wasn't even worrying I, about leukemia I knew it yeah. I knew it yeah. yeah it's like that Spike Milligan like, on his gravestone he's got I told you I was ill but so I woke up in the morning first thing I'm like well I didn't wake up I'm just there all night waiting for the doctor's surgery to open 8am phone up hi I've got leukemia I need to come in and they were like well if you, can, if you can be here like really quickly actually you could be our first person of the day you can come in so i went in and the doctor was like this actually is quite worrying Uh-oh. so the doctor was like unexplained bruising isn't it's never it's never a good sign um and and the sorts of things that it might be are quite serious but he was like but if if whatever it is that might be bad if you've got that and these bruises have appeared quite quickly the chances are more bruises will will appear quite quite soon so if any more bruises appear Come back. Don't even make an appointment. Just come back. <clears throat> yeah, that's how serious it could. Like, don't make an appointment. Just come back. Okay. And he was like, "Your anxiety now." Oh, he's like through the roof. He was like, "Do you live with anyone?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've got flatmates and stuff." And he was like, "Well, just get them to check your body, like all over. You know, bits that you can't see, <clears throat> like over the next twenty four hours." Yeah. And if nothing comes back, it's just one of those things. But if you do have some other stuff, come straight in. So I get back that afternoon. One of my flatmates comes back. I'm like, do you mind just checking? I've got any bruises because obviously it's a leukemia thing. And she was like, oh, yeah, did you have these bruises down like on your sides? Down down here, just above oh, your no. hips. And I was like, no, no, I didn't. So I got on, the, I got on my bike, cycled straight back to the doctor. And they were like, okay, 
we're gonna we're gonna need you to go to hospital. We're gonna need you to go now to hospital. They were like, "How did you get to the doctor?" Like, I cycled, and they were like, "It'll be quicker to get to Homerton Hospital if you just cycle from here. There's no point waiting for an ambulance." They were like, "We'll phone ahead." Oh my god! <laughs> so I get to the hospital. Oh my god! My girlfriend phones me, and she's like, "What are you doing?" Whatever, and I was like, "Well, it's quite bad because I'm in hospital because the doctors like think I've got leukemia and it's really serious." And she was like, I'm coming over. So she comes to the hospital. I'm in the waiting room. This consultant comes out straight away. And he's like, I've spoken to the GP. I've seen the files. <clears throat> and he was like, we're going to do some tests, but I just want to prepare you. Like, if it is what we're looking for, it's quite, it's serious. Oh, my God. Which I didn't need, you know. Like, you don't need So that. I was just like, but then my girlfriend's crying. <clears throat> she, Are you crying? No, but actually, as soon as she got upset, that made me feel... Then I'm, say then I'm saying the stuff people would say to me, like, I'm sure it's fine, I'm sure it's fine. And I was just worrying about her. So I went in, I got these tests, <clears throat> and it took hours. I had to, you know, sit in the hospital, it was like six hours or whatever. They were doing like a quick turnaround on these tests. And uh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, freaking out, few tears, whatever. Not for me. And anyway, doctor, the consultant comes out, and he's like, we've got your results back. He's like, you're absolutely fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And I was like, well, what is it? And he was like, sometimes the body does weird stuff. <laughs> so, so then, so then, I, so then I, so I'm like, great. I've had a new lease of life. You know, I thank you. That was you know, whoever's looking now down I realise that I've, no. exactly. I dumped my girlfriend. <laughs> it's life's too short. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. We're still together. Um, <laughs> no, um, but I. So so I'm like this. Is like amazing. The second lease of life. Great. I've gained an anecdote. Um, anyway, you next, start buying like flowers and yeah. giving out money. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Take all my words. So next next day, go to the gym, and I'm using this like like wrote this thing where you've got the weights, you've got the wires and I'm doing this exercise and the wires are really rubbing my shoulders oh. and my and just above my hips. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> when I said I hadn't, what? oh yeah, because of this machine, it does that. Yeah, it's do it does that. Actually, it rubs you there and it kind of bursts the blood vessels a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> so it was that all along. <laughs> Um, and also in your head, because your head goes straight to fear. It's like, I haven't been doing anything. Yeah, I've been yeah, doing exactly. nothing. I've been yeah, doing nothing. Yeah. I've been sitting at home doing <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been just... worrying about cancer. And now... <laughs> now I've got yeah, it. And yeah. I knew I manifested it. Yeah. I manifested yeah, it. That yeah. was a problem. So that was I think... Bad. So with all these things, though, when it, when it comes to, like, uh, you know, the health anxiety and stuff like that, so you... How do you process it now? Do you realise now that it's, like, an abstract fear that you can get past? Or do you still... Is it still thick within you? No, it's 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 thick it's, within me. It's a it's sludge. It's life that's in there. It's a sludge that just sort of <clears throat> cruises around. I, I do need to I do need to get it sorted out. I'd say what I've been told is... Why that, didn't is you do thing. therapy about it? Well, no, so what I'm going to do, and actually I have done a couple of these, and I don't know if... It, EMDR. EMDR? Yeah, it it's, uh, I think it's e e MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> it's medicinal now. <laughs> EMDR. Yeah. It's, that, it's that sort of psychotherapy. Your eye follows a light. Oh, God, I don't and know. You, and you think, you hold in your head the, a traumatic experience, which, is, which triggers worry in you. Yeah. So for me, it might be just trying to hold in my head a time when I've just convinced myself I've got cancer mm. and then you you follow this light on a wall with your eyes and it just washes the it it basically reprograms your neural pathways or something oh my god and it kind of washes it away it's proven i, I it got recommended to me by uh two fr two friends yeah who 
said it completely changed. Wow. There. One of them, she is um, a like very successful actress. Yeah. Um, and she she went out to America and she's been absolutely smashing it. But her first big thing in America, she was like, just had horrific imposter syndrome. And so she did EMDR and did a few sessions of like all the things that trigger that imposter syndrome, putting herself in that position where she gets it. And then she just was like, it just didn't, didn't get it anymore. I didn't realize Margot Robbie had that. I didn't want to name, I didn't want to drop the name, <laughs> but me and Margot go way. When I say friend, <laughs> I still listen. She was for in me, the hospital. Exactly. Oh, Why I am I triggering it. things? I just get seeing it. her so upset. I get you know, it now. About the I get things. it now. Yeah. What was your first ever gig first that you had on TV? Because <clears throat> T4 is, is what you did for so long. And yeah. It was this huge thing. And well, I only did T4 for like a year and a half. I basically, a long time, it was though. quite a long time. But I, I, I arrived in uh, youth like music TV just at the point when it all got cancelled. Yeah. So my first, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> my first gig. So I specialised at the start in innuendo based shows. Yeah, so talk, how do you get into it? So I, so I used to work in advertising Yeah, and I was an account manager. I ended up blagging my way into a job. I worked for an agency for six months as like an account exec, which sounds senior, but it's the lowest rung on the ladder. <clears throat> and I was terrible. I managed to blag my way into this job as an account manager, which again, isn't super high powered, but like you want to be, you want, you need to be competent on Nike with the agency doing Nike, which I insisted to call Nike the whole time I was working there and they were like, it's fucking Nike. <laughs> it's Nike. Stop yeah. saying Nike to the clients. <laughs> they think you're a twat. Um, but, um, but I hated it. I was terrible at it and I hated it. And I just used to sit there. Why, constraints? Like, can do what? Yeah, exactly. Just, 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 I, my creativity. <laughs> no, so it, much more to I give. was just, I just, I just, th I think that that industry is so competitive and I realized I didn't really want to do it. And, and if you, and it's hard. And if you don't love something and it's hard, you're not good at it. And uh, so I was just, I just used to fantasize about that thing of like, I want to work in music and comedy and I want to do something fun. Like, because I hated that, that job so much. It was like, I used to go to work and I'd be waiting for the tube and I'd be like, I just fucking wish I was, I was driving tubes. Like I would that see bad. anyone, anyone, any other job I would see, I'd go into a shop and be like, why, why can't I just, I just want to work in anything, anything I would see. I'd be like, I want, I would, I just wish I was doing that. Um, and so, so all I wanted was to do something fun and also something that kind of opened doors. Like I've always wanted to do a variety of things. I've wanted to write. I've wanted to do a bit of acting. I've wanted Did to do a bit of- Did you act at school? At school, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but like, I've just always wanted, and I've like, oh, if I could just get, if I could get on T4, it will be fun. It will open doors. And I'm doing music and comedy and stuff that I love. And that would be great. So I thought I'm going to give myself a year to get on telly. Right. And, I, and I quit my job. And I was like, if I, if I haven't got on telly so you in a have year. The, you have, so what you do have is you have the appetite to hustle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hustle. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, def oh, definitely. I then started trying to get jobs doing like working in production on little things and just anything to kind of pay the bills, something that might be a bit creative. And, and, but, but the main aim was like, get a show reel together and, and try and get an agent and try and get on T4 in a year. Wow. Um, and just before the year was up, um, MTV, I'd managed to get an agent and MTV were, were looking for the face of Viva, which was this like free view channel that they launched. 
And they, it was kind of this like open competition type thing. And my agent managed to get me onto that. And it was just right place, right time. I had the right floppy hair. You know, this was just peak. In, this was the period. We, we're sort of coming out of the end of indie sleaze. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I had I had a fringe. Your boy band uh, looking. I, Here we the go. The jeans were skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the shirts yeah. were checked. Oh my god. And gosh. the, uh, the there might have been there might have been a fringe poking out under a beanie. I oh don't know. It's that kind of stuff. God. And and uh, and and so I managed to get. To, to get this thing. And then the first show that I did was called Suck My Pop. And it was me and Kimberly Walsh. Kimberly was so lovely. I've actually met her. Uh, she is so nice. Like yeah. she made it, because neither of us had presented before. We yeah. were both new, yeah. but she was amazing. And then my first day's filming, yeah. I, uh, I, I was interviewing Katie Price. Okay. And the, the, the premise was like, I'm new to this. I need to be made all sexy. Mm. Um, I need to be more manly, so I'm going to get help from the from the from one of the UK's foremost man experts or manspurts, yeah. Katie Price. Okay, so she came in and I interviewed her while she waxed my chest <laughs> yeah. with it, with with a, with a real focus on the nips. Like when when they're about to peel it off, and you're like, you're going to take a gland, <laughs> the nipple <laughs> yeah. off. Um, and so she waxed my chest, and then I had to put on a pair of paper pants, mm -hmm. and she gave me a spray tan. And then I weirdly remember this. Yeah, and then when it finished, I had to chase her. She, her car was outside, and then there was at that time it was like Paps around MTV, and she got whisked away in her car, and I had to chase the car out of the MTV gates and down Camden High Street with like Paps running after me and stuff. They didn't know who I was. That's hilarious. They thought I was a lunatic. But that's fun. And it was in the sun. It was fun. And my my I my dad had always been a bit like you know I want you to do what makes you happy, but like you know, your career was going well, you know, this TV presenting thing, is it serious? Yes, dad. Here I am in the sun, <laughs> wearing a pair of paper pants. Running I'm after, running down running running after yeah. a car. Running after a car. <laughs> yeah, because I've just been waxed <laughs> by is... a man spurt. Oh. Right, dad? So get with the program. You don't know anything. Yeah. You don't know anything. Yeah. Man, okay, so, so all, all of this is happening. Mm. And then... So, and you also, you're one of these people, as you said, is that you constantly want to have these side hustles going on. Yeah. So you're doing presenting, you're doing these kind of things. And as I said before, I want to talk about business. You also have your business that you I've do. got a business, yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a business before when I was the, the, simultaneously to presenting. It was a music-based social networking site called Audio Splitter. <clears throat> and it was quite good. We like built a minimum viable product. We got to about 40,000 users. And wow. we, we were, we, we'd raised some money, we'd raised some investment, we were being incubated by this media company. Um, and then we needed like a serious chunk of investment to get to the next stage. And one of our lead investors who'd put in a couple hundred grand in the first round was like, I'm going to give you the entire 1.3 million that you're trying to raise to like properly launch the product. Oh my God. Because he was a well, very wealthy dude. Yeah. Um, and we were like, amazing. So we stopped looking for, for investment and we turned our attention to like, Building the product out, we grew the team. We had we had seven full time staff, and then we were three a founders. Huge we, we, we moved into new offices, and uh, you know we were like burning through our last remaining cash, waiting for this this one point three million to hit the account. And the guy who was a good friend of my brother's, he was a really lovely guy. Money wasn't hitting the account. Money wasn't in the account. We weren't hearing back from him. We'd signed shareholders agreements and everything. weren't hearing back from him. And then uh, just before we literally couldn't pay our staff and couldn't pay our rent. Uh, we finally heard back from his lawyers and they were like, really sorry, uh, he can't actually make the transfer. His assets have been frozen because he's being um, investigated by the Danish government for defrauding them out of a billion pounds. So that was the end of that. It was literally like there was no, in tech, it takes a long time to raise money. 
no one else is going to swoop in, give us 1.3 million quid. Like it, it's done. So you just we couldn't keep go. the servers running. It was it was laptops down. And in credit to this guy what? for 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 no gain of his, just because he actually is a nice guy. And this whole case, I mean, I can't comment. Yeah, on yeah, it. It's like course. ongoing thing, but it's like some weird legal gray area thing. Whatever. Whatever. The finance world is shady, right? He 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 managed to hustle up, rustle up enough money to pay all of our staff their no, full notice periods and pay us out of our thing. That so, is amazing. So they were able to have that cushion to then find new jobs. So people's lives weren't ruined. We'd wasted four years like on this project. Um, but but yeah. what did you learn from that? Well, uh, I learned... That depression is just quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That the things, can, things can go south rapidly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, at the time, what I thought I'd learned was don't have a business where the business model, the route to revenue is so nebulous, right? Where it's like, where it's like brands. How are you going to make money from your platform? Brands, whatever. Because we couldn't monetize it. We couldn't put stuff behind a paywall because we were taking content from other sources. Got it. So we would have to do brand deals and it was always going to be a very tricky road to being, to being. So it's like a lad Bible type thing. It was it was a music recommendation service based around a social network. Got it. So Fine. it would pull in YouTube and SoundCloud, which between them have more music than Spotify. And, you know, yeah. there are like disco records that there's one vinyl in the world, but it's on YouTube, like good quality to listen to and all that kind of stuff. So, But maybe a blessing because now it would be a very tricky... It well, be- it would, it would. For, for the, the, but um, if you didn't need to monetize it, it would be an amazing service because... So Spotify isn't social. And, and the recommendation is algorithm-based, which is good. But the best way to get music is, is, is from like, I really like this person's music taste and what are they listening to? So, but anyway, so that, that uh, the thing that I thought I learned was don't, if you're going to start a business, make a thing, sell the thing and get money for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've made this. Do you want it? Yes, here's money. Do and one every, thing and do one thing good. Well, do, well, have a tangible product. Yeah. Which... It's not the only way to, but ha- have something where where money is going to change hands between you and a consumer. So that that was what I thought I then needed to do. So then, when a few years later, this is very entrepreneurial. Well, so a few years later, me and a mate, we love Bloody Marys. Yeah, we were having a Bloody Mary in 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 the pub, and we were like, another oh, shit Bloody Mary. Like, what? Why can't people do a good Bloody Mary? And the, there are lots of reasons. It's very complicated. People think a Bloody Mary is just tomato juice, Tabasco, Worcestershire sauce. And, and I mean, some people don't even, do you know what I mean? They'll just, it's just tomato juice and vodka and a bit yeah. of salt, whatever. It's, it's a complicated drink to do well. And we were like, why has no one done it? At that time, it was like 2017, people were putting premium drinks in cans, craft beer had exploded and, and, and you're getting like, people were paying five quid for a can of something that looks cool. So we were like, Let, how hard could it be? It's that naivety thing that we're talking mm. about. Let's just, Go for a Bloody Mary in a can. And then it took us two years to actually have a product we were happy with because it's yeah. 
very fucking hard. What, to what are the what are the hardships around it? Uh, tomato juice is very volatile. Make keep making sure that it it stays fresh. Finding a producer who will at the start can small volumes of a pulp product which has loads of allergens in it. Worcestershire sauce has got anchovies in it. So you go to a juice packer and they're like, yeah, yeah we don't have fish in this facility, mate. Take your, sling your hook, your fishing hook. Um, and, uh, so and, so many moving parts logistically yeah. to, to, to And you have to it. like nitrodose the can. And then, and then just, you know, when you scale up a product, as I'm sure you'll know, maybe it's different in sweets, but flavor profiles change. Totally. You make a batch of 100 and then you and then you make a batch of five thousand and you pasteurize them and the heat levels have changed. Yeah, so consistency is different. Consistency is different. So all of these sorts of hurdles that we had no idea. I mean, when we first started out, me and my mate got a train to Hereford to look at co- like basically what were in effect cauldrons, and we were going to just like pour ingredients into this big vat and stir it ourselves and then hand can it. Oh Fools. my god! Yeah, would it would have been people would have died. You can get botulism from tomato juice that's gone off. And I think I've got it. <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> got bruises. <everywhere. laughs> it's like I've got bloody botulism again. Um, but like, so, so there's lots of these sorts of hardships. What is it? What is so? And what's the what's the um, drink called? Bloody is the bloody. brand name. Well, bloody drinks, but just on the can, it's just got bloody written on it. And at the moment, we still just make Bloody Marys. We're about to launch a non-alcoholic version, but we have the main drink. It's wow, like it's super premium but affordable. It's like you know supermarket prices. Um, bloody Marys in a can. So. We're in Waitrose, we're in Sainsbury's, we're in, we're growing quite quickly. So it's, it's, it's That's going amazing. Right. It's going good, yeah. But, but you, you, you feel like when I'm talking to you about that, you almost feel a bit, um, you, you, well, I'm worried it's boring. It's not boring. It's far from boring. Because any, loads of people who listen to this are firstly entrepreneurs, secondly, people who have this huge dream to say, it's, I would, Apart from my brother and a lot of people, but um, I, I struggle to find someone who doesn't have a dream to set up a brand. Yeah, and and the reason why people don't do it is um, Woody Allen said it best: fifty percent of success is turning up. Just yeah. do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, and and the other thing is sticking with it. The fun bit, of course. The fun bit was developing the recipe. I mean, the guy I do it with is one of my absolute best mates. So I get every day I get to go to work with my mate, and it's wicked. But and the fun bit was. The design, coming up with the branding, coming up with, you know, finalizing the recipe, the tone of voice, all of that kind of stuff was great. Watching this, the, 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 the because your CV is your packaging as well. Exactly. And the sort of the fun, the pinch me moment. I used to be obsessed when I was little with, um, with Eddie Stobart lorries. Yeah. And, and when the first time we, we filled an entire Eddie Stobart lorry with, with our cans. And I found out that it was, it had gone through Eddie Stobart on a like 14 pallet delivery. And I was like, if the little me had been told you're going to be driving down the motorway and you'll drive past an Eddie Stobart lorry and it's full of something that you made, I would have absolutely loved that. That's the fun bit. But then the not fun bit is spending an hour on the phone to a like juice supplier, you know, like a, a manufacturer in, in, in Newcastle who's messed up 50,000 cans mm. and like all of that kind of stuff is it's the grind, but you, but you have to do the grinding in order to, you know, Complete. and how old is the business now? It's actually four years old. Yeah, but, that, but that, since launch, we launched December 2019. But we've we've so launched, you're still a baby startup. We're still a baby, and we launched, but we very cleverly managed to launch in what some people have described as the worst like climate for a startup since the Second World War. <laughs> like <laughs> straight into COVID with a product that we were predominantly aiming originally at bars and pubs. Yeah. Um, and then like is that off trade or is that, yeah. on, that so on trade on trade that's but, but on trade. so we've actually been focusing on the on off trade for now and now we've got a product for the on trade which is our non-alcoholic 
cartons. Dude, this is really exciting. It's, it's amazing. When you walk into a Sainsbury's waitress and you see your product, how amazing is that feeling? It's a good feeling. It's, well, I have to buy them. So yeah. it costs me a fortune. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it blows my mind when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, yeah, I drink that. Or like, like I was chatting to a, a, did an interview with a journalist the other day and they're like, can I just say at the start, it was like, I, I love your drinks. I didn't know they were yours. Uh, I was like drinking them at Glastonbury. I always have some in the fridge. It's like, what? I, I, in my head, it's still just my mum buying them out of solidarity. It's, but it won't be. And the greatest thing is what I found with Candy Kittens as well. Is it just um, so much pride in it? Yeah. And it's, there's so much mate, joy. Can, so Candy Kittens is like, you, that is an excellent business. And, and what you've done so cleverly is, is you've carved out a niche, but within, for yourself, but within something that is totally mass. Mm. Not very. Not everyone loves a Bloody Mary. Everyone loves sweets sometimes. Yeah. And I remember you. You when I first saw you, it was it was always in premium cinemas and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trickle yeah. down from those, and people associating the brand with like, if you if if you only see it at first when you're going to a swanky cinema where you forked out on the ticket and you're in a picture house or whatever, and you're having that lovely experience of the cinema, mm. and then first time I then saw you in a shop, I was like, oh. Great, I can have that feeling. That's that's exactly what it was. But but again, all, all of ours probably same with yours was just down to it's a, it's a lot of mistakes that went right, and mm. and still to this day, you know, and still to this day, I mean, I, there's lots of things I would do differently, but also we would definitely do the same. But it's the thing that I've learned most of it is just the patience you need to have. Yeah, I you you spoke about impatience earlier. I'm yeah. the most impatient yeah. person in the world, and I just didn't realize it takes this long. We're eleven and a half years in now, and we, I feel like we're just beginning. Yeah. And we've partnered with our manufacturers and they've done investment to the company and they still call us a startup. Yeah, yeah. Even great. though we're 11 and a half years 11 old. And a half years. Yeah, and I actually think it takes 10 years to build a brand that people start going. Yeah. I reckon after 10 years, people went, oh, I'm eating those sweets of yours. Yeah. And I'm like, we've been grinding it for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. But no, so even though you're four years in, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes, it takes, a, it yeah. takes a while. But it's, it's just so rewarding it is it is but we just need i think we just need to go a bit more mass and i think hopefully the non-alcoholic version that's going to be the key to that's unlocking a great idea. because it's going to be in a what's carton, that what's it called bloody it called... it's just going to have bloody written on the side but, but it's white cartons they look really striking and it's just it's just a virgin mary and it's in a carton it's in a carton which means it's it's affordable for for bars but the product is still just as good and it's recyclable wow and and it's and you're not asking the 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 end user in that case, which is which is the bar, to change their behavior. There's still a bit of a stigma. They don't want to be pouring something out of a can, but they're used to pouring their tomato juice out of a carton. Now we're just saying we've got everything in there. And if you're a really experienced barman, you can add a flourish, you can add your own garnish, you can add a, you can add uh, vodka and you can add some Amontillado sherry. You can do something to bring it to life. And we've got a range of garnishes and stuff that they can use. And if you're not an experienced barman, a, a shot of vodka, some ice, pour this over, and this is an amazing Bloody Mary wow. that you don't need to touch. And that gives consistency, speed of service. So we're actually launching the, we're going to be, I don't know if I can say this. We're, we're going to be, we're partnering for that, for our kind of launch of that. We're partnering with a very high-end group of, they've got about 50 very high-end restaurants that are famous for their brunches and stuff. So they're going to be using our, that's the vote of confidence. They're using the product. So it's that, it's good it's enough amazing. for them. Do you know what would be great for you guys is uh, British Airways and stuff like that? It would, but they they don't give you any money. No, they give you nothing. But it's they just, it's nout. Yeah, but it's marketing. And it's it just it's pure marketing. But have you heard of the Moth? I have heard of it. I know the guys, man. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. a investor in Moth. Robin's like, oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah. It is, they are 
really good. Well, they, they're great. So we met those guys when we were sampling in Selfridges when we first launched. Yeah. Um, and they had a brand called Bouvet, which they then pivoted into Pivot Moth and put in the cans. No, they've, in, they've invented a category, man. The, Just, the, yeah, the, that premium. Premium high strength, it's great. like bar strength. Yeah, they're, they're wicked. Oh, that's a good, that's a smart investment. Yeah, they feels, it feels quite good. And I also, because I'm just, I'm seeing the time, I want to yeah. just talk about Big Brother House. Ah, yes. And I left it to the end of it I because know. this is it's clever because people really then just yeah. are waiting for this moment. Yeah. How cool is it? Mate, I ju- I'm not just saying this, right? I think it's the, I think it's the best house just to look at and visually and the way they built it. The old house was amazing has, you know, an an immovable place in all of our hearts, right? If you're a fan of the show. But, you know, by the end, like, somebody would lean against the wall and it would wobble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it started to feel like a set. Yeah. And, and it was, this is elevated. It's, it feels, it looks great. It looks solid. It looks cool. It's aspirational. Like, like AJ and I were walking around. AJ was like, if I was in here, the, the only way, I wouldn't want to be voted out because I wouldn't want to leave that this cool. actual house. Is it's it still on one floor? I, I think that might be giving too much away. Wow. But the fact that I've said that <laughs> could be a clue. <laughs> wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's diary room. Mate. Ob's diary room. Ob's Chair diary in the room. diary room. It's this year. It's a stool. It's not. I don't know what the chair is. I've not seen it. I still haven't seen the chair. It's st- <laughs> yeah. It's a swing. It's, Dude, this, <laughs> this is insane. Okay. And... And uh, oh, I it's, mean, it's, it's colorful. Like you can't give too much away. I can't give too much I get away. It. I get it. It's, I get it's it. colorful. It's it's cool. It's spacious. It feels like uh, it fe- it feels like a new house. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, and and this is what's so good about it going on to ITV two. Like ITV two know how to do reality. Of course and they, they do. make it feel. I'm gonna say premium. They, it makes do you know feel- what I mean? Like like Love Island <clears throat> has a really. You know, from from the from the fact Maya hosts it through to the way the house looks and feels there, the villa, everything just feels like feels good, good man. Like it's premium and it's cool because there is a tendency that it could go down the other route, which 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 you do not not now with ITV, but it has done in that past with well, the wobbly walls and things. Yeah, yeah, and, and some. And when you look back at the early series, like they, they would, the social, it, it doesn't need to feel like they're in a science lab for it to be a social experiment. And some of the early series that we really love, like they're basically in bunk beds and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a bit like, uh, it's quite, almost feels quite sterile medical, whereas this doesn't. It's a social experiment because it's a certain number of people who uh, have ne- would never meet in, in the, the real world. How many people? I can't say that. <laughs> um, but Two. <laughs> exactly. It's me and you. <laughs> and it's, we're going to be talking for six weeks about our businesses. <laughs> It's going to be so exciting. <laughs> Riveting. Yeah. yeah. What kind of margins are you operating <laughs> on at the moment? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be, you know, that is why it's a social experiment because it is going to be real people who are representative of the UK as it is today who would never normally meet living in that incredibly strange environment, like, you know, circumstance. Um, but in a wicked, really cool looking house. Like, why not? Why does it, it just feels right. What do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur or an entertainer? That is such a good question. Um, I I wouldn't, yeah, I think it would be too Brent of me to say, I'm just chill out entertainer. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I consider myself to be, 
To, to be totally honest, and this isn't me being, I don't really consider myself to be either. Yeah. Because I feel like everything that I'm doing, I'm still just learning and I'm just trying it. And I'm like, just sort of seeing what happens. I think that naivety thing, I don't want to lose that. Mm. And so I think if I was like, right, this is what I am now, maybe I would and, feel and you, like and, I'd lost that. And you also just, you you have, I, I, I sort of try and think maybe I'm the same, but I, I think you have no ego. No, You have no ego whatsoever in like a great way. But I think that, going back to a question part one, what makes a, a presenter? Maybe that is another thing, right? Like it's, I've no show, in the question of am I an entertainer? I've never done a show that's about me. It's not about me. It's about the whatever it is I'm talking about or I'm the f- I'm just the final piece yeah, of the production. Yeah, but you lead the entertainment. So Big Brother is going to be entertainment in its purest form. And I'm just there to ask the questions that the, that the audience want to know because I'm a fan and I'm a member of that audience. And I just happen to be the person who's at the front. AJ put it really well. She's like, we, we'd be watching Big Brother anyway and we'd be asking these questions at the te- telly or at the person mm. we're with or this is what I want to know. We've just stepped into the telly just to do it there. It's a great way to look at it. And and so I don't, it's not, you know, hopefully it's going to be entertaining and hopefully I can help keep it entertaining in the way we ask questions or, but that's on, that's on all of us. That's on the whole crew. There's 200 people involved in this show. It's a crew of 200 across the late and live and the main show. It's an army and everybody's job is equally as important as everyone else's. I'm just the last person to say the thing. What are you going to wear on the first night? I am I'm going to be dressed as a um, pearly king <laughs> in preparation for my meltdown. <laughs> um, just loads of buttons. Um, <laughs> You're going to go as a chimney sweep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be wearing a grin <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, in my anxiety dreams, that is all I've been wearing. No, I'm going to be, so mate, shirt, sharp. I'm suit. Gonna, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be dressed in all black. Whoa, hello. Um, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like very swanky that. jacket. Shirt, T-shirt? Black, t- black T-shirt. There we go. Maybe a gold chain poking out. Oh my we don't, God. We're not worried about that kind of stuff. Oh. It just happens. Oh wait, what's that? Just, yeah, just yeah, put that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might need to thicken up my chain. This chain though, I'm wearing at the moment. This is, chain is a strong word. This is a string. <laughs> this is a- it's, like floss that's going <laughs> around your neck. <laughs> Golden floss. You look great, man. You look like you've been working out. You look healthy. You look good. So this is like, you feel ready for it. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I wish it was starting now. Well, I'm ready. When this goes out, it's launching tomorrow. Sunday. Uh, So so, so two days. Two days. So this is Friday when everyone's listening to it. Unless they're listening to a different time. Two days. So, So, buddy... I want to wish you the best. Thank of you luck. so much, man. Thanks so much for having me. Big, big fan of yours. I'm a Always huge fan of you. I mean, and all, and, same, uh, and I just can't wait. And I, I'm, I'm doing the after show. I know that. Are you hosting? Oh, yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. I, you knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, mate. I hope you, so me and AJ are, are, do, are taking it in turns. I, so we're doing fr- uh, Friday night eviction shows together and then we're alternating. And I, and I think I'm doing your one. Are you doing I, think, I think so. I think that's right. So we're gonna, it's going to be I'm great. Do, is that, do people still do that? Yeah, we can do that. That's cool. Is that how we do yeah, it? It's going to be fun, man. I, yeah, I, I, because they are, they said like who, who do you like? Like, who, oh, who do you man. think would be good on it? And I dropped your name and I Thanks. dropped a few other people's names who they've, who have messaged me since. Like, I'm coming on it. And because it's, it's, you, you, it's going to be fun. It's going to be freaking great. Dude, you're going to smash it. I can't wait. It's launching on, on the 8th of October. And yeah. just before 
9 p.m. You might you might be watching ITV1. You're thinking, I've got to change over to ITV2 to catch Big Brother. Yeah. You don't. What? Because ITV1 is going to go all glitchy and kind of, whoa, da 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 And then it's going to be, there's going to be an ITV2 takeover of ITV1. Wow. It's going to flip to the ITV2 colors and it's going to be on both channels. It's a simulcast. Get out of here. Yeah. It's like a transformer. It's like a transformer. Oh my god! And it's also going to be on ITVX, and ITVX is where you'll be able to watch the the live stream. So you can watch it twenty four hours a day. You can do that. And I need to try not to do that because I have to sleep at some point. I'm going to do that. It's quite comforting just seeing them all. Yeah, like sleeping. And when they swear, they block it. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, Well, good luck, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on. I really really appreciate it. it. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. See you next week. Goodbye. What an episode, team. That was so great.